you're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Welcome back to Podiatry Marketing. I'm your host, Jim McDonald, joined always by Tyson Franklin. Tyson, what's shaking today? Good morning, Jim. I just want to wish you a happy Halloween. That would be happening uh, this week, depending on where you are in the world. So did you do anything exciting for it? Oh, it's always taking the kids out to the local neighborhood to uh, fill up on nothing but nutritious sugar and caffeine <laughs> and whatever they pack inside those, uh, you know, those uh, Halloween baskets these days. Uh, yeah, it keeps me busy. And then it becomes a nightmare for the next, you know, one or two months afterwards about uh, that, that expectation of candy after every meal. See, I find that even funny over here is in Australia, it used to be, we never did it as children, but as my youngest daughter, who's 18 this year, has gone through the years, all of a sudden her and her friends wanted to do Halloween. So somebody has marketed it quite well over here in Australia. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's becoming bigger and bigger and then people are starting to have parties uh, when, when it occurs. But I, I don't need an excuse to celebrate. And in the last few years for Halloween, I will put on my gorilla costume and just drive around in my car. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I think uh, the only thing about about Halloween is like you go from Halloween to U.S. Thanksgiving to Christmas to Easter and in the spring, and it can be this like call it like the candy marathon where it's just like chocolate and candy uh, for months at a time. But uh, so it's Thanksgiving the same. I mean, it's sweets. It's not actually like you know the the store bought candy, yeah. but it's you know pies and desserts around Thanksgiving and then Christmas is similar, you know, Christmas candy and then yeah, Halloween. I'd say Easter is the bookends, right? Like Halloween and Easter is like the store-bought candy bookends and then you get all kinds of stuff in between plus, you know, the, the runway that Halloween provides for a couple months. <laughs> okay, we better get on with the episode. Everyone's going, <laughs> we, don't want, we, didn't, we didn't tune in to listen about your festivities. So yeah, to the Halloween Candy Podcast. Welcome to the Halloween po- Candy Podcast. But um, so, what's the topic du jour today, uh, Tyson? The topic today is using audiograms as an alternative to video. And if people are not sure, you know, what is an audiogram? Uh, well, first, I'm just say if you're nervous in front of a of a camera, then maybe audiograms may be the solution for you. An audiogram is basically um, you're creating a, a video file by combining a photo or some form of graphic that you've put together and combining it with the audio. So a simple thing is you might, yeah, like my wife, a perfect example was my wife when we had the shoe shop and we and I'd say to her, we should shoot a video for social media. She'd go, yep, not a problem. But whenever we did it, she, she had this funny action of like springing up on her toes when she first started to talk on camera. It was like her, um, it, like warm up. And she, I thought she was quite good in front of the camera, but she didn't always feel comfortable. I said, well, do you want to do an audiogram instead? So we took a photo of a shoe. I then put some graphics around that photo. Just got my wife who wrote a script out. She read the script perfectly. I just combined the two things together. And from that point onwards, that became our preferred method of creating videos uh, for social media. Because a lot of people don't realize you can't just take an audio file like we're doing now and just go and dump that onto social media platforms it just doesn't work they are they only accept videos and photos no that's a that's a great point there i think there is something engaging as well whether it be the text showing up on the screen or some motion uh in that video or that that photo you know kind of a panning shot 
I've seen that used a lot with different um, either podcast promotions or just companies promoting their products or services. Uh, audiograms definitely seem like a, uh, a worthwhile to kind of uh, kind of a way to get started, especially if you don't feel super comfortable, like staring into the abyss of the camera. And uh, it can be a yeah. little intimidating uh, to, to really get started in video because you're self-conscious, you're judging yourself. But if you're just reading a script or you're reading off some detailed information and you know that it's going to be covered up uh, on the visual side by a photo or video, it can uh, kind of set people at ease, but also provide something interesting for people to watch. Yeah, well, sometimes if you want to shoot a video, it's always, what's the lighting like? Yeah, how do I look? Should I have shaved today? What shirt am I wearing? Is the shirt wrinkled? Did I wear this shirt last time I shot a video? Does everyone think I only own one shirt? So it's like when I come on the, the podcast with you, I reckon half 50% of the podcast I do with you, I'm wearing the same <laughs> shirt. Because I just have this rotation of shirts that I, I like wearing on certain days. Yeah, there's all these things that go through your head. And, th and this is what people overthink things. And that's what stops them actually taking action. Remember, the Zig Ziglar used to say, "Was it paralysis? Oh, was it paralysis by yep. analysis? Where you just you overanalyze everything." So that's what I liked about audiograms. Is if sometimes if I've had a thought and an idea, I can easily record it, and then just combine that with the picture. When I am editing uh, the other podcast, say Podiatry Legends, sometimes while I'm editing that, somebody will say something, and I go, "Oh, that was." That was a really good audio snippet or that was a really good point. But I don't want to go back through the video to try and figure out where that was because I've done so much editing through the process. So I'll just take that audio snippet, put that aside, then I'll take a, a photo of the guest and then I just combine that with my logo, put it all together and video is done. And so, yeah, I, I find them really useful. No, I think there are there are an intriguing way to like promote something, but also get some maybe like the best snippet of a conversation to kind of tease people uh, into listening, or just to kind of learn more about whatever you're you're putting out there. Um, when you make these audiograms, Tyson, what kind of length of audio and video are you looking for? Well, you can make them really as long as you want. The program that I use, which we'll talk about software later, you can do one up to two hours if you really want to, but logically you want to stick around that 60 second mark uh, or even a little, you know, it can be shorter, but I wouldn't go beyond 60 seconds because most social media platforms will only accept short videos up to that particular length. So even if you were posting something on Instagram, ideally just to post it straight. If it's under 60 seconds, never a problem. So I try to keep them somewhere between 30 to 60 seconds. And therefore it's also snackable. If people, if you're putting them on social media platforms, you've got a number of little audiograms there and people watch it and they go, wow, I really like that. They're liable to go through and watch another four, five, six, twelve of them. Whereas if you put a, a little audio thing up there and it's 12 and a half minutes and the person's there going, my God, that was a little boring before it got to the point. They're not going to tend to um, yeah, want to come back. So 30 to 60 seconds is great. <laughs> That's a short answer. I totally agree with you. That's, that's kind of like the uh, the sweet spot for those different social media platforms, but also enough to give people a little bit of information, but not, like you said, kind of not necessarily bore them, but just like maybe they didn't, they didn't, they're on, not on social media to have that, you know, long video experience. It's enough for them to get a little bit of a taste of it. And if they want to have more of it, there's probably a link or something that you're talking about where they know how to download whatever you're promoting uh, in that, that short audiogram. Yeah, well, that's it. It's the it's the purpose behind the audiogram. 
So when I'm doing an audiogram, say for a podcast, I'm promoting the rest of the episode. So listen to this audio snippet and, or watch this video that I've posted because I want you to listen to the whole show. If somebody was promoting, uh, say, a product that they're selling, they can do a short little video snippet of that product, which can then have a link that goes through their website where there's more information or they can then order that product or learn more about the service or you might have a, a new staff member that's joined your team, a new podiatrist. And you might say, well, we want to, uh, we want to promote you to the, to the community. And most, not everyone is comfortable in front of a camera. And you don't want that person to also look like a fool. So, whereas if you said, hey, let's write out a, a bit of a script on who you are and get them to practice that script and say, all we're doing is getting you to record this, then have a nice photo of them, your logo and, and the script, and that is introducing them uh, to the community. So I think it's a great way of introducing new staff. No, I think that's a great point. I think you, you would definitely want to have whoever's you know giving the audio or the video kind of projecting that expertise or that confidence and if someone doesn't feel great and com you know feels comfortable on camera an audiogram can be a great way of doing that yeah and it's also i think anytime you've ever been recorded in something if you've done an interview on the radio and there's any audio recording i mean, just think back if you've got any stuff stashed away and can you break that up into little parts and was there something you said that was really significant? And you go, wow, I should convert, convert this to an audiogram. So I did a talk in Powell River in British Columbia a few years back. And while I was doing the talk, I went, oh, okay. I hooked up my iPhone, put on a lapel mic, and I just recorded the whole conversation or the whole talk that I did. And it was on the six, mil six pillars of marketing. When I did that afterwards, I, I eventually released that as a podcast episode. But then also break up bits and pieces of it and create a little audiogram. So, but I've also been interviewed on you know, local radio here in Cairns. Used to go on there every week for about five years. And I kept a copy of every one of those recordings. And I used to break them up and create little audio, small audiograms as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I think, I think you could bring up a good point as far as repurposing content. You know, like finding those snippets or those little parts of an interview or some other media appearance you made. These are other great ways you can potentially promote your practice or some of the services you're providing. Yeah, and even if it's a particular condition, think of if you're sort of thinking, oh, I don't know what I would talk about. Do, do, do you know any podiatry conditions that people may complain about? So if you do happen to know something, pick one, write a short script about it, have a photograph of that particular area that you take yourself and and then just read the script, combine it together. And I, th and I think the other part with it too is like it's the process that you actually go through. I, I like batching things together. So if you're going to do a recording, instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to do an audiogram today, I must record something, do the recording. You go, oh, I must create a graphic, do the graphic. What you should do is think about three or four, maybe five ideas and record them all at the same time. Then go through, edit them all. Then later on do the graphics for each room and then you can release them over the next yeah, four or five weeks. Yeah, schedule it all in to do it. So I think batching things is really important to get the most, well, to make sure you actually do it. Because it's the same thing. If you sit back and you go, oh, I must do an audiogram today, you're going to overthink it and you're not going to do it. I think you bring up a good point there as far as the batching uh, of different tasks can be hugely important because if you're 
you know, if you've got three or four different steps for each thing you're doing, you're just not being time efficient every time you switch. If you can do four or five you know, recordings, four or five uh, finding the images, four or five kind of mixing together, uh, kind of in that sequence, you're gonna save a lot of time overall. But um, getting to that sequence, what, what type of software are you generally using uh, to make the audio and to the video portions of your audiograms? Okay, well with the, so the first part, you must, must capture the audio. And you can do it very cheaply, or you can spend a lot of money trying to sound extremely professional, like we always do, Jim. So, <laughs> <For sure. laughs> but when I first started, I used to just record everything on my iPhone. And there's a program in there called uh, Voice Recorder Pro. It's a free program. I should just hook a lapel mic up to that and I would just talk. And I was standing there, therefore I could move my arms around while I was talking. It just seemed really natural. Then later on, I moved through to buying an Audio-Technica microphone, which cost me $80 at the time. And I hooked that up to my laptop and I started doing the recordings directly on my laptop. And it just, just sounded that little bit more professional. And by doing that, I used a program called Adobe Audition, which is a paid program that I do my editing on. But there's also free programs uh, called, there's one called Audacity that you can record directly into. You can edit it on that same program. Really, really easy to use. And my, most of these programs are the intuitive learning. Just push buttons. You can't break anything. And it gets better. So I think if you're going to use Audacity like on your laptop, which I think is probably the preferred method, is you buy yourself a just a nice USB microphone, cost you $80, hook it up, download Audacity, and just start recording. Listen back. You know when you listen to yourself, you're going to sound like an idiot. Just expect that. That's just that's what goes with the territory. You'll listen to it and go, oh, I sound so stupid. But then get other people listening and go, how do I sound? And they'll go, oh, you sound good. So don't listen to yourself. <laughs> so that's the first part is you've got to capture the audio. Nope, that makes sense. And I think you're right. You're right. We're, always, we're always so self-critical, right? So... Oh, yeah, and and don't and just don't capture bad audio. Like I said, to get a free program like Audacity, put it on your laptop, buy an eighty dollars USB microphone, and there are cheaper ones. You're going to get decent quality sound. Nearly all my podcasts up until this one today has always been on uh, my Audio Technica eighty dollars microphone, and now I've got this new one, a Shure MV7 which I don't think sounds that much different, but I just, I like the look of it. No, I think that makes total sense. And like you said, there's just a range of budgets and a range of things that are gonna work for people, uh, kind of where they're at uh, making these audiograms. And the most important thing is, like you said, have some reasonably decent equipment, but also finding a quiet room, having a good internet connection if that's needed. <laughs> I think we just found that out not too long ago. Um, but those things are really, really important, right? Uh, if you have a loud, noise in the background that's going to annoy people you just need to find ways either to remove that in post or just find a, a nice quiet sp space um to block off and record in well I'm, i know a person that's got one of the you know, one of the most popular podcasts in the world and i met him at a conference and i said to him how do you get this this beautiful sound he says i record everything in my closet <laughs> i said you're serious he says he says, I've got a little box that I've set up in my, in my walk-in wardrobe. I've got my microphones and everything set up there. He says, everything is 100% scripted. I know exactly what I'm saying and doing. Yeah, dot points, so he ad-libs just a fraction. 
He says, I press record. He says, and the acoustics in my wardrobe is fantastic. And that's where I do all my recording. So it, it's a good point. It's just, I think it depends in your on your environment. So if, the, if you're in your clinic and you're recording something and there's a bit of noise, you can quasi say, I think as long as you pre-frame it, oh, I'm... Hi, I'm Tyson Franklin. I'm doing this recording today uh, from the clinic in yeah in yeah whatever town you're in. Then people will understand there's a bit of noise going on in the background. When I did that recording in Power River, at the beginning of the podcast, I said I just want to point out this was a live recording that I did uh, for the Chamber of Commerce in Power River during one of their luncheons. So if you hear doors opening and closing, cutlery hitting plates, cups and people murmuring and people laughing from my jokes then that, that'll explain everything. Now, I think if I didn't mention that, people would go, what's all that bloody noise in the background? I think it's the same when you do an audiogram. It doesn't have to be perfect if you're not in a perfect environment. But ideally, if you're promoting a, a person in your clinic, a product, a service, you want a quiet, quiet environment. No, it makes total sense. Um, so, so next step, once you get that audio, that clean, crisp audio recorded, uh, what's the next step in the process of making an audiogram? The next part is just trimming it, giving it a little bit of an edit. And what's funny is when I've done uh, short little audiograms myself, the editing probably takes me about two and a half seconds because I know what I'm going to say. I press record, I press end, and I just tidy it up at the end. So that uh, the software that I mentioned, Voice Recorder Pro, you can trim that directly on there. And also on Audacity, do the same thing as a little scissor icon and you can just cut parts out. The good part with that, if you're talking, instead of trying to be perfect all the way through, if you're partway through something and you're really good and then all of a sudden you forget something, instead of going, stop, oh, I need to do the whole thing again, just pause and start again. And then you can just edit out those pauses. And because the whole recording you're going to put together anyway is only going to be about 60 seconds, even if you stuff it up five times, you're only listening through something for about three minutes. So it's easy to find the parts to cut out. So editing is really easy on those two platforms. Like I said, I use Adobe Audition. There's heaps of editing software out there. All you do is just type in editing software for audio and you'll get a list and it'll have the top 10 and eight of them usually free. Now, I use a bit of a garage band back in the day and then also... Uh, just using basic QuickTime, you can sometimes use a, mm. a kind of a trim function within there to uh, to trim things up. So if you're on a Mac or if you're on a PC, there's definitely cost-effective ways to kind of get started and feel comfortable with editing. It doesn't have to be overly complicated to get started. Yeah, the only difference between the cheap stuff or the free stuff and the paid product is really you just get more tools. You can play around with the quality of the sound. You can adjust things on there. There's filters. So... And if, but if you're just doing a, a, an audiogram, if you do a good recording from the beginning, you don't need to worry about all the other stuff that goes on in the background. So it's, it's all about quality from the start, and therefore you don't have to be patching anything up. That's why we sound so good, hey. Jim. <laughs> well, I've got a great editor. My editor makes me sound like a pro. What can I say? Uh, I actually don't do a lot of editing to ours. I, I edit a little bit, but I don't do a huge amount. I adjust the sound a little bit. So I could probably get away with just using one of the free programs because we are that good. We're pretty good. I'm not going to lie. But uh, beyond, beyond us being good, what uh, what do you look for as far as how do you get that artwork uh, associated with the, uh, the audiogram on your end? Okay. Well, you can easily just grab a photo, grab that photo, and you can put it in this program that I'll mention in a sec. 
But to create my graphics, usually I use Canva. Once again, there's a free version and there's a paid version. Start with the free version, play around with it. Once again, it's intuitive learning. You can't stuff it up. Put the pictures in there, put some graphics over the top. And always think anything you're creating should always have your logo and branding of your business on there. Even if you're just posting a, any photograph, we're not, not even talking about audiograms. If you took a photo in your clinic or a photo of a sunset and you're going to post that onto social media and it's related to your business in any way, put your logo on it. And therefore, everyone will always know where that picture came from. So if it's shared around, people will know where it was actually shared from. So I use Canva. I have the paid version because I wanted to have my corporate colors and all my branding and my fonts and everything in there. It is like $100 a year. So if you're a podiatrist and you cannot afford $100 a year, you need to have a hard look in the mirror at yourself. <laughs> it's $100. Totally agree. You, totally agree. <laughs> and that's, it's a lot of this stuff. I've spoken to podiatrists about things in the past and they go, oh, how much is yeah, that microphone? You might go, oh, that microphone there is, the one I have is $100. The one that I've just bought now, I think it was like $300. It's nothing. And if you're a podiatrist and you can't afford to just buy yourself some quality equipment and some quality programs to create something that is going to just really lift your business and make you stand out from the from the other podiatrist down the road who's too tight to spend money, then, yeah, you've really got to question, maybe I should just get a job working for somebody else. Maybe I should stop listening to this podcast. I should stop doing marketing altogether. No, don't you know, stop listening to this podcast. We, we don't have a massive audience yet. I mean, like, we've got tens of listeners, not hundreds or thousands yet. But, uh, but yeah, I think you're right. You just have to invest into your, your business, invest into your practice for future success. But I think that's sage advice. But even if you do go work with somebody else, keep on listening to our podcast. Oh, yeah, keep doing that. So when you decide to open up a business again and take it serious... You'll know what to do. But the, the last part of it all is is the program to create the audiogram. I use a program called Headliner. Once again, there's free versions and there's paid versions. The biggest difference is the free versions only limit you to do, so, yeah, I think one one a week or something out like of four a month or five a month. The paid version lets you do a lot more. And I do a lot more. And I also like a lot of the other things that it offers me. But go on to Headliner. And same again, play around with it. I mean, it's so simple to use. It'll say, "What? where's your audio file? And you dump it into this box. Where's your graphic? You dump it into the box. Would you like us to put it together? That would be fantastic. Put it together. And then it also does the, um, what's well, the word I'm looking for there, Jim? The captions. Captions. It automatically does the captions for you as well. If you don't want captions, you can say, don't do the captions. But I always do the captions. I go back and then you can, as it goes through it, you can go in and edit the words because for some reason, Headliner doesn't like the word orthotic. It puts orthodics. I don't know why. And it prefers Americans to Australians. <laughs> it actually understands well, Americans a lot easier than Australians. But it's yep, definitely gotten better. It's biased. Software can definitely be biased. Uh, I've had some of those in the past as well where similar issues where just it can't, it does let you edit it, but sometimes it just doesn't do the right word, especially in podiatry. Yeah, well, the good part with Headliner is it's just it's a really, really simple program to use. I did a, an audio marketing workshop uh, on the Gold Coast last year in between COVID. And 
we were six people in the room and we went through everything from doing the audio recordings. I took all my equipment down, got everyone doing different recordings, got everyone on camera doing different graphics, had everybody edit, yeah, doing editing while we were there. And then we combined a whole, and then we did a whole pile of audiograms. So by the time they left that day, they had done everything from start to finish. And then we went through all the different ways you could actually market, yeah, use um, audio to market your business. It was a fantastic day, which is why I thought this was an important topic to talk about because audiograms, you can use them, yes, on all social media platforms. You can also use it in your website. You can put it in your email newsletters. Just think of anywhere where you could put a video, you can put an audiogram. Now, I think it's hugely impactful, like you talked about, like just having uh, having that confidence that with a spoken word, with a script, if you're not super confident about being on camera, you know, providing a visual, whether it be a video or an image of what you're trying to describe, that's kind of in intriguing to your audience or to your potential patients. It can be a real benefit to have these audiograms in your arsenal for sure. Yeah. So if you haven't done one before, really think about it. If you're not sure what to do, there's plenty of videos online that you can, you can watch on how to do audiograms or reach out to us and yeah, we might be able to guide you as well. But I just think get get started, and once you do a few, you you realize how easy it is, and you will just you'll just keep doing it. So, I think I've covered this topic today, Jim. I am done. All right, Tyson. Well, thanks for sharing that knowledge about audiograms, and uh, look forward to seeing you in the next one. I always look forward to talking to you. See ya. All right. No. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.